Welcome to the B2B Growth Marketer Podcast with Alex Mead. I've invited sales, marketing, and business leaders to discuss their successes, failures, and everything else in between. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. All right, welcome to the B2B Growth Marketer Podcast. I have a very special guest, someone that I have... Uh, I forget even how we met, but have kind of gone through a few different circles now and really helped me with some of my outbound sales is Christina Finseth. Uh, she is the head of growth marketing in Interstellar and creator of the Outbound Fire Framework, which uh, she, you know, I've gone through that course. And so I'd like to welcome Christina. Christina, introduce yourself for a minute here. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Alex, I honestly, I can't remember exactly the point of reference of how we cross paths. I just know we cross paths one time and then all of a sudden it was like passing each other in every hallway. (laughs) I was like, wait a minute, we are clearly of the same cloth. So yeah, I mean, thanks. I think your intro did definitely some justice there um, just to like further elaborate. So um, I actually just wrapped up, I guess, uh, a year long experiment in a full cycle sales role. Uh, but before that, I, you know, I come from marketing. So, and I'm back in marketing now. Um, and what's really cool is, you know, owning growth marketing at Interstellar, I get to sit kind of on the fence between marketing and sales. Um, and BD, uh, sales development kind right. of is underneath the growth marketing umbrella here. So got all of marketing, which is <laughs> just all of marketing <laughs> and then business development, growing a team there. Um, and it's just a lot of fun, you know, there's a lot of yeah. cool, crazy growth stuff going on right now as we're like scaling up. So what, so what I think attracted me to want to get to know you more. And I think why we also connected well is I, I'm a marketer turned sales by choice, by necessity. And I think you were also a marketer, but you, you, you seem to have a lot of fun with your sales process. And it, it never felt like it was something that was like hard or challenging or tough. And like you always found a new way to um, make it fun and keep it fresh. And I think I like needed that inspiration in my life because I, uh, I am one of those people that does get down if like I send out 50 emails and I don't get a reply. And it's like, then I'm like bummed. And then, you know, people like you share photos of your open rates and your, your reply rates. And I'm thinking, man, like, what am I doing wrong? But you always like have a very positive outlook. So where, where does that come from? Is that just who you yeah. are? I mean, I'd like to think that that's just who I am. You know, I, um, I've been through quite a bit of life journey to date and, you know, I think, uh, part of what's kind of helped keep me going is just being positive and everything. Uh, and just also being unwilling, not unwilling, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, maybe not fearful, right? Just not yeah. fearful to try things uh, and know that if you do fail, it's just a hiccup and you learn from it and you move yeah. on. Um, but I think what's really important, especially when it comes to sales, because you bring up a really good point there, is you know the first thing you have to do is build out what you feel is going to be a repeatable process. So there's always that science methodology. Sometimes what people feel is kind of like the more boring part of sales and outbound specifically. But if you build that methodology and process with creativity in mind, it makes it a little bit more challenging to get bored or burnt out, especially if you have to change things up 
um, and, and kind of use creativity to inspire that. I think that makes it a little bit more fun, you know, yeah. uh, that's just me. Yeah. Uh, I agree. And everyone, everyone read, you know, as salespeople, we've read all the, read all the sales Bibles, the, you know, from, from Mark Robert's the sales accelerator, you know, build, uh, you know, building a sales process that can scale. Um, but I think that fun and creativity is really what makes it work. And what I like about your approach is it's not a scale approach. Uh, I mean, obviously you want to get as many as you can, but it's more of a quality approach and the reason why I wanted to bring you on the show today is to one, talk about your outbound approach. And then also like how, now that you're in growth marketing and you're on the mark back on the marketing side, uh, I see a lot of things in your, in your, in your methodology and approach that, uh, you know, we're doing on the content side uh, of marketing. And I wanted to kind of touch base on some of those. So t- tell us what is the fire uh, outbound framework? Yeah, so this framework, um, it's kind of funny because you mentioned that, you know, it seems like it's just it's just kind of easy for me. <laughs> There's a lot of things that led to that moment. <laughs> and that moment being the epiphany of, aha, I think I've cracked the outbound code for at least what works for me, what works for our organization, et cetera. And so, you know, there's a lot of testing leading up to that. Um, and I consider myself a good copywriter before I went into sales, which I think is... Uh, Sometimes it's an overlooked skill that needs to come into uh, a sales role, but that's another conversation. Um, But yeah, I think, you know, for me, it was, all right, I can send out as a marketer, and I'm sure if there's more marketers listening to this, they're going to understand exactly what I'm saying. I was born in the world of content marketing and email marketing where, you know, the goal was to write really well-written copy that was engaging, but to an audience of one to many, yep. you know, we would send it to 300, sometimes thousands yeah. of people who have subscribed to our content or our new leads that we're trying to nurture. And, you know, it, it was fine to get maybe a one to 2% conversion there um, to like booked meetings with the SDR team or whatever, that was good. And that's really what I started running when I first transitioned into sales. I would run a lot of those one-to-many, 300, 400-person campaigns, well-written copy, get a 1% to 2% conversion and be like, all right, this is just yeah. how it is, right? Um, and then I watched something from Beck Holland. And it was all about this reverse engineering of LinkedIn content and using that as a premise to reach out to people. And I was like, huh, that seems a little time consuming. <laughs> and then I was like, you know what though? What I'm just going to try it because I'm right. just kind of bored with what I'm doing. And so I started running my version of that process of, you know, using what people are posting, leaving the product, the problem, the solution, um, you know, service out of the equation. Yeah. And it worked. Then I started getting 10% booked meeting conversions and I was like, wait, all right. I have to be okay with reaching out to 40 people in a day and getting a 10% conversion. That was a hard switch though. Very hard for me to not reach out to more than, you know, 40 people in a day and and be okay with it. Right. So the framework is built off of that philosophy. Um, There's a lot more obviously to like the methodology and stuff like that, but it's really built on that quality, highly personalized, non-salesy 
approach. That's, I think that's, that, that last part is, I think, why I was also attracted to, um, you know, the stuff that, that Beck talks about. And then like your, your process is, I don't think I'm a very good salesperson. Like, I don't, I can't sell you anything and everything. Uh, like, like if I was trying to sell you Tupperware on a door-to-door salesman, I, I would, I'd be terrible at it. Um, but once you start to like, take away what you're selling, take away like what your services are, how you help, and just make it really about like building that relationship and that connection. And then, then, then once we have that mutual understanding, then it's like, okay, well, what, what are some of your problems and challenges? Maybe we can help, maybe not. Um, and, and starting there. And I think I have been more comfortable there than trying to give you the five reasons why you need my product um, and closing the deal on the first email, which never works anyways. But uh, it's just more aligned, I think, with what I am naturally good at. Yeah, no, and that's the thing. Um, it's really hard, especially coming from the sales side, to to get your mind in a place where you don't feel a need to explain why you're reaching out. You don't feel a need to say who you are, what you do and what you yeah. have to offer and why there's a reason for you reaching out. I think what's really interesting is that if you have your prospecting down, and what I mean by that is you know who your ACP is, you've got your target audience, you've got a, a pretty nice website that really is self-explanatory to a prospect when they land on it. If you have a message that is about plants, because I saw you posted a picture of plants yeah. on LinkedIn, and I can start a conversation that way, I will turn you as an outbound lead into an inbound lead. Yeah. And the data shows that because you will then say, oh, yeah, I really do like plants. Oh, somebody really liked my post. Oh, this is awesome. They wrote me an email yeah. about it. What's yeah. Christina do? Let me click the website. Ah, hmm, that sounds interesting. And they will reply back to you with the context of what you do and who you are yeah. without you having to spell it out. Yeah. That's simple. Yeah. Uh, so success story of early on when I tried um, both your and Beck's kind of process, it was to, and I, and I hope he's listening, Joaquin, I hope you're listening. Um, he had a photo on his LinkedIn where he was at like some street festival drinking a Topo Chico and he was talking about how great the community is. And, I, and Topo Chico's, if you guys don't know what those are, they're like mineral water from Mexico. They're big in the United States right now, at least in the West Coast. And I love them. They're so good. So I just took, I, I said, Joaquin in his subject line, I'm a fan of Topo Chico too. And, uh, you know, he, he mentioned that they, he gets, he's a CEO of a tech company. How many of these emails does he get a day? Uh, and that this one stuck out and, you know, four months later, they're a client and it all started because of fat, you know, taking the time. I mean, like it was like kind of deep. It was probably from like a month ago, two months ago at the time of this photo he posted, but it's memorable. And uh, when you take the time to care, to, to really care about them and find something that is you guys connect on, I think is uh, is it when it works best. Cause I've, I've like, I've like reached on some, some prospects, like they don't yeah. have a ton out there and I've reached and they don't work as well, but the ones that do, it's like instant, like we would be friends anyways uh, and, and find that connection. So I have to really kind of commend you on that part. I want to talk about, so you mentioned mindset and it's the F mm -hmm. in fires, fix your mindset. And yeah. Uh, I think this is the most important thing for sales and marketers 
because yeah. marketers want to say message why we're better than everybody else and what we solve when that's not necessarily the first thing you should be talking about. So talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I think there's this element of forced marketing when it comes to, you know, nurturing and, and emailing. Um, what I found through this whole experiment of, you know, being in sales and coming back to marketing world and just full disclosure, I haven't implemented uh, email marketing yet for the marketing side. Like I, I haven't yeah. yet. We've really just been focusing on, you know, this one-to-one personalized cold outbound. And I am in the process of implementing marketing automation here and starting that like email nurturing campaign side and, and yeah. that kind of stuff. But I think what's interesting is I really think that it's important that both are ran consistently, right? And in tandem. And so on the marketing side, I think you can still have that one-to-many approach. It's really hard to obviously do like a one-to-one approach like you do when you're doing this cold outbound sales. But if you're using something where that is coming from your sales reps who are working those accounts, um, if you're able to have it come from a human-to-human, not like marketing at interseller.io, right? I always thought that was the way to go before having yeah. it come from a generalized mailbox should be coming from a person to a person. Yeah. You know, drift does this well. Gong does this well. We see if you're on any of those email lists, um, they, they do that really well. Cause it always comes from different people in the org, but they're educational. Yeah. They're not salesy. They're not spitting things about the product. They're promoting um, educational webinars. They're promoting educational events. They're yeah. sharing things that are relevant because yeah. it matters to me. Right. And I think those are the things that really need to be focused on. The sales will do itself. Right. If you've got the right people in your funnel right. period. Right. So, yeah, I, th- I think marketing is sh- content marketing is shifting a little bit. I mean, it, I think it already has. Uh, so I think it's getting more mm-hmm. of a bigger shift right now, but Stop thinking of content is how do you move them along the funnel, but think of what content will help them in their current state and what they need help with now. So like provide, provide value with the content. So whether that be like one-on-one outreach, one-on, you know, one-to-many or articles or content, you know, be, be helpful, uh, give like the most quality you can change your mindset of stop trying to sell them even, even later stage, but just try to provide what would be helpful for them at this point. Uh, and yeah. the, the leads will follow the, the MQLs, the SQLs will follow and really kind of fall through that pipeline. So I, I really like the fix your mindset because for a lot of people, it still is like almost transactional where they need to, how many, how many leads do I get from this social media post? Um, which isn't something you really, you're not trying to do that. You're not trying to get leads. You said something else in your, in your course. Um, I think it was in the research or imagine maybe, but it was, um, you know, when you have a compelling message and you looked, you compared the data of replies to books or, or click clicks to replies maybe. And it was, if you have a compelling message, they're going to go do their homework. You don't have to sh- send a link. Like everyone knows how to Google Interstellar or Beacon's Point. Um, and, and they'll do that homework. And if it's compelling, they'll, they'll reach out. If, if, if it finds them interesting, talk, talk about like how you came to that revelation. Yeah. I mean, listen, I love data. I'm super extroverted. And I love talking to people, but behind the scenes, I'm like that weird 
person who has spreadsheets for everything and reports and dashboards and Salesforce for everything so that I can just like really know what's going on, especially if like my head of sales, um, who really, I keep telling him this, I had a dream about it should be a, our CRO at this point and pretty much functions like that. Uh, but if my head of sales or like my CEO asked me a question, I like to know <laughs> the answer pretty quickly without yeah. having to do too much digging. Um, but it's interesting because I'm always looking for tangible data to share, um, which is why I don't post on LinkedIn all the time. I only post when I actually really have something to share. Yeah. Um, and it's usually data driven. So uh, I was looking at the amount of replies I was getting. And I was trying to also just back up this point of not having to be salesy or yeah. having to pitch or having to give any information because I've, I, listen, that's the one thing that people look at me cross, cross eyes with. They're <laughs> like, what? Well, but how do they even know like what you could do for them? And, you know, I get a lot of fluff for it. I'm like, well, look here, let me show you the data. Yeah. And it's interesting. I have a campaign running right now. I'm looking at the stats. Well, actually, yeah, I'm looking at the stats and, you know, I started looking at this and I was like, oh, that's interesting. 24 and a half percent of people that I sent this email to clicked and 25% replied. Hmm. And then when I look at the replies, the replies are in context of, oh, I looked at your website and, you know, we yeah. are using XYZ. We're not yeah. in the market right now. They're all insightful no's though. I have not gotten any unsubscribes since I deployed this process in this framework. Uh, let's see, back in February, March. Yeah. Have not had any unsubscribes. It's hard for people to say F off when you see when you're being thoughtful in your outreach process, yeah. you get a lot more insightful nose. But yeah. honestly, I just happened to notice that, huh, okay, this will back this <laughs> up. Now I'm going to start preaching this inbound, you know, outbound turned into an inbound lead. Um, and yeah, it's hard for people to, to grasp that, but the data yeah. does not lie. My friend, it does no, not lie. It, it doesn't. <laughs> I mean, um, I mean, like, so two things, givers give or givers get, you give something, you'll get something in return. You're giving something personal to them, like insightful, and they're going to give that back to you, whether they mean to or not, the guard yeah. goes down when you don't have a sales pitch. Um, it's like, I think I'm drinking this Kool-Aid. And when I see an email or a LinkedIn post, the first time someone LinkedIn messaged me, and it's like this big, long sales pitch with the five different bullet points of services they do. I'm just kind of like, man, you like, what makes you think I would say yes to the, like, want to talk to you about this? Um, yeah. And maybe I'm just drinking the Kool-Aid now and I, I see what, like how well it can work, uh, you know, in that process. So uh, we're running close out of time here and I don't want to cut it short, but there's two things. There's one more, two more things I wanted to ask you. And you talk about this in your LinkedIn um, kind of message approach. And I've, I've experimented with both of these, but I want to hear your, since data is is everything to you, I want to hear your 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 thoughts. So you've sent a video, a voice message, or a video message. Uh, how often do you get replies to those? Mm, I get a lot of replies to LinkedIn voice messages and video messages, and I'll tell you why. Um, I think this is also going to depend on your target market, right? Uh, so for context, I target external recruiting teams, um, and mostly I'm going after you know COO, CEO kind of executive level VP and up, and up. When I tell you the surprise from prospects when they're like, 
<laughs> I didn't even know you could send something like that. How do you do it? There you go. I guess what? I created an SOP for that. Here, let me share that with you. And you want to get on the call and talk about it? I mean, it's just like great food for yeah. that. But it's funny because I really believe in an omni-channel approach. Your prospects don't all live in the same place, whether you want to think they do or not. They won't all respond to the same methods of outreach. So you should be testing things constantly. And I have people who will not read any emails. Yeah. But then you hit them on LinkedIn and within two minutes, you've got a reply. And so I think it's important to kind of balance the two. And if you're a cold caller, cool. Do that yeah. too. I'm not. And I'll never profess yeah. to be. I don't believe it's dead, but I'm not the person to talk to about it. Um, but, you know, you should, shouldn't put all your eggs in one basket is kind of my approach. But, yeah, I do get responses quite often, um, mostly because people are just like, wondering how the heck I did it. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. it's so simple. I guess like, do you get, uh, do you get meetings booked from, from, from those? I mean, obviously they don't reply back and say, yes, I want to book a meeting, but they usually start the conversation. Uh, do you book, you know, do you get meetings booked off of doing the voicemail and video uh, on LinkedIn? Yep. I actually had two booked in the last uh, probably two weeks now. Uh, with larger target accounts, mid-market accounts. Um, and sometimes I get them on the gift bump because what I do is, and you know this from the framework, is I'll do, you know, just just drop a gift that's like a man walking away with his head hanging low or, you know, someone crying. Like basically disappointed that you haven't responded back to my voice message, right? Yeah. It, it spells it out. No text, no nothing. And a lot <laughs> of times people will respond back on the bump, you know? Um, Cause listen, you gotta, the story you tell yourself and what's actually happening yeah. are two separate things. Story you're telling yourself is, oh, look, I can see their their picture. They listened to it and they didn't respond back to me. Like maybe they, it didn't resonate with them. What's really happening is they listened to it. Maybe they had intentions of responding. And they just they haven't. Got, it got buried in LinkedIn message world because we yeah. all know that happens. Yep. And then you bump it and they're like, oh yeah, that's, that's yeah. right. I was going to respond to that. Yeah. So you so. you beat me to my next question is like, how many replies messages do you get with the GIF? Because I saw that and I've always like questioned, um, I've started using them in some emails, like in the yep. don't call them a breakup, breakup emails. Um, but uh, so you get decent response on those as well. I do. Yeah, I do. Because, you know, it, listen, and I can't remember who said this. I've heard it from a few different people. Maybe even Justin Michael said it to me recently or said it in a chat recently. But, you know, just because they're a CEO of like a Fortune 50, let's just say, yeah. doesn't mean they don't have a sense of humor. Like people are people. Like, yeah. don't be afraid to like disrupt the yeah. pattern a little bit. And listen, if you get 20 you know, F offs, then, okay, maybe you reevaluate, maybe that doesn't work for your target, but yeah. more often than not, it gets people to kind of let their guard yeah. down and maybe giggle a little bit. And then, oh, that was funny. You know, you got yeah. me. Yeah, no, I love it. I love that. All right. Well, we're running out of time. So first, um, where can people find you? <laughs> where can they learn more about your uh, fire framework? Um, and where can they learn more about Interstellar? Because as a uh, disclosure, uh, maybe that's where we met is you sold me on Interstellar. And so I use it as well as the outre an outreach platform. But mm -hmm. where can we find you and your stuff? That might be. That might be why. Uh, back when my 
AE hat was on. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, I am an open book. Uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. If you have a follow-up question, I'm always happy to jam on this stuff. You can ask Alex that. I, I'm, I love to talk about this till I'm blue in my face. Uh, the course, Interstellar, everything is on my LinkedIn because I'm a good marketer. So everything is there and I'm always happy to jam. So nice. reach out, don't be a stranger. In fact, I think one of my favorite conversations we had is the on the inbound, uh, the inbound <laughs> conference uh, chat at your <laughs> chat line, or I forget like where exactly it was at the, you were at the virtual booth. Yes. Uh, but yeah, uh, another example of us just randomly crossing paths <laughs> on all aspects of digital life now. It's so random. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, awesome. I appreciate you joining. Um, you know, I think we could probably have at least seven more conversations around this, but uh, maybe, maybe we'll do it again here in the new year. Sounds good to me. Just let me know. Thanks everybody for joining this week and the conversation I had with Christina Finseth, the uh, lead growth marketer at uh, Interstellar. And just a few notes on Christina. So I, I uh, actually like got connected with her because she created this kind of personalized outreach at scale and her boss um, at Interstellar really kind of wrote an article or like a, like a little how to on how she did it. And I was like this, you know, looking at the numbers that she was getting back, the number of uh, replies, the number of book meetings, I was like this, you know, this was in the middle of the summer and I was, I was personally struggling trying to get good meetings, get leads, get anything because of COVID. Um, and so I was struggling kind of searching for things. And I came, came across this, you know, her boss, I think Steven over at Interstellar, he, you know, shared her work. And so then I found her on LinkedIn and reached out. And then I was curious about her platform. And, you know, because of her sales process and experience uh, and personalization and getting to know her through that and then through then getting to know her, um, you know, through some other marketing and sales groups that we've joined. And now that she's kind of transitioned to marketing, we've had a lot more conversations, but I have to say it works. Um, I could send out 10 emails a day personalized because I took time to find the right person, find the right information, and I'm going to get a much better response. And there's always an urge. There's always the urge to revert back to sending 50 a day because you need scale. At least you think you need scale. And I would say to challenge everybody that's in sales, and if you're a manager, you know, try to, you know, pick one of your salespeople, your BDRs, SDRs, and try this. Try fewer emails that are more personalized and in LinkedIn outreach, it's more personalized and lower the number that they need to reach, but allow them to spend more time on each one. Uh, it's pretty remarkable. I still fall through the trap sometimes of wanting to see if I can personalize it at scale to get 50, 60, 70 a day. You know, there's less success there. You know, you get success. People do a good job with one-to-many campaigns, but there's a lot of success in personalizing and bringing, bringing back the idea that you're trying to help, you're trying to service, and you're trying to educate your, your buyer, your customer. Uh, and that takes time. That takes research. So, you know, be sure to check her out. She has that course we mentioned in the podcast, um, but it's the Outbound Framework. You know, find her on LinkedIn. Um, you know, she was one of the founding members of Rev Genius and certainly knows her, knows her way around. Um, 
you know, communities and how to grow uh, in marketing and such. And check out Interstellar. It's a pretty cool platform for um, sequencing and outreach using LinkedIn as one of your drivers. So uh, thank you, everybody. And check back soon uh, for the next episode. Next episode is with Ashley Levesque. Uh, she is also part of the Rev Genius community, but we talk about how musical theater and marketing uh, go, go hand in hand. So that should be a fun episode. Thanks for listening to the B2B Growth Marketer Podcast, hosted by me, Alex Mead. The B2B Growth Marketer Podcast is sponsored by Beacons Point. Beacons Point is a growth marketing agency that creates a video-first content approach to attract the right customer and deliver the message at the right time. Find out more at beaconspoint.com. This week's episode is produced by Summer Myers. Thanks for listening. See you next time.